Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. Amen. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to start there. Don't know exactly where we'll wind up. Let me say, excuse me, let me say this also, that the Lord spoke to me that we need to leave some time to pray with people today. And instead of me praying for you individually, I'm going to share the word and give you some things that I think will really help you. And then if you will receive it, I'll have it. people stand up and we'll pray and we're going to see a lot of people's lives touched today. But I just want to tell you in advance that it's not going to happen without your cooperation. So you need to open up your hearts and receive. But if you'll receive it, I'm going to share just some real simple truths with you. And I believe it'll help you in order to be able to receive from the Lord. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. This is Jesus speaking. How many of you believe that Jesus told us the truth? He said that if you ask, you receive. If you seek, you find. If you knock, it's opened unto you. And yet I bet every person in here could say that there is something that you have asked for that you haven't seen come to pass. And this immediately causes a, a problem, a dilemma. And so how do you react to this? Well, there's some religious people that says, well, God sometimes says no. That's not what the scripture says. It says uh, over in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, that this is the confidence in him, that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. So the scripture doesn't say that sometimes he says no. If it's according to his will, which the Bible says, by his stripes you were healed, Ephesians 1, 3, you're already blessed, uh, on and on. Psalms 35, 27 says that, uh, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So if you're asking for anything according to his will, which is his word, he says he, he does it. It's not true that he says no sometimes. Some people think, well, he only does it for certain people. But no, it goes on to say in verse 8 here, it says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open." So God doesn't sometimes say no to anything that he's promised in his word. All of the promises of God in him are yes and amen, is what it says, 2 Corinthians 1.20. So God answers prayer. He says, if you ask, you receive. But how do you reconcile the fact that probably every person in here sometime or another has asked for something, what you don't see, what you've asked for, and immediately you have to decide, how are you going to respond to this? Well, the average person, they may not verbalize it if you're a Christian, and if you know that you're supposed to be thinking different, you may not verbalize it, but many people just immediately enter into doubt when you pray for something and you don't see it. And a lot of that reason is because people don't understand that there's a spiritual world. There's a spiritual world out there. There's also a spiritual world inside of you. There's a spirit man on the inside. And it says in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit. And God moves in the spirit realm. And let me just make a statement here that's going to shock some of you. But did you know whether or not you see what you've asked for come to pass has well, I started to say, I'm not going to say that. If you don't see what you've prayed for come to pass, it's not God's fault. 
God moves in the spirit realm. And if you don't see it manifest in the physical realm, it's either your fault, it's a combination of other people, and I'll be talking about this some, or it's the devil, but it's never God. God promised if you ask, you receive. But see, he gives in the spirit world, and whether that ever comes out of the spirit realm into the physical realm is not an indication of what God has done. It's an indication of what you're doing. Thank you for that thunderous silence. <laughs> People don't like that because they say, you're saying it's my fault? Yep, that's what I'm saying. Let me give you some, man, I'm, I got so much I'd love to say. I, I've got more material on this than probably anything else that I teach. Let's turn over to Daniel chapter 9, and let me just illustrate this for you, that Daniel was praying a prayer because uh, Jeremiah had prophesied that there would be seven years of captivity that the Israelites would go through, and it was nearing that 70 years, and so uh, Daniel was praying about Jeremiah's prophecy. And so in Daniel chapter 9, beginning with verse 3, it says, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confessions and said. So right there in the fourth verse, he starts praying a prayer. I'm not going to take time to read all of it, but if you go down through the 19th verse... He prayed all the way down through verse 19. And then in verse 20, it says, And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God in the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, this is the angel Gabriel that appeared unto Mary, says, Whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. So here's Daniel praying a prayer. And I, if you read this, it takes somewhere around three minutes to read this prayer. So three minutes into his prayer, God interrupts his prayer and sends an angel, Gabriel, to answer his prayer. That's what we had all left to have is while we're still praying that God would interrupt our prayer. And amen. You know, you're praying for healing and before you even get through, man, you're totally healed. But you're praying for prosperity before you even get through. The finances are already manifest. That's what we would all like to have. But I want you to notice here in verse, uh, in verse 23, the angel said, at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth. And I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. So most people look at this and say, well, God answered that prayer in three minutes. Did you know the truth is God answered that prayer instantly? But it took three minutes for what God commanded to come into physical manifestation. And here is one of the problems. Most people just think that if God wills something, if God says, do this, boom, like that, it just happens. Right here is a scriptural example that God gave a command to Gabriel and it took about three minutes for Gabriel to show up and answer the prayer. So here's a misconception people have about God. They think that if God wills something, it just happens and that there is zero resistance, there's zero anything. That's not what the scriptures teach. I don't know why it took three minutes. It's possible that Gabriel was on the other side of the universe. 
Another see, misconception, people think that there's no space, time, distance with God. You can't prove that in Scripture. Right here's an instance where God spoke, and it took about three minutes for what God spoke for Gabriel to manifest it. He might have been on the other side of the universe and had to travel a hundred million light years. Maybe he had to pack a bag. I don't know what was going on. The Scripture doesn't say what happened, but it establishes a principle that God spoke, and there was a lapse of time before what God said manifested itself in the physical realm. And Jesus told us this in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. He says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall, future tense, have them. It might only be three minutes, but it could be three weeks. It could be three years. But it's not God who, it, when you see the thing manifest, it's not when God moves. God commanded and God answers every prayer. If you ask, God gives. If you seek, you find. But it may take a period of time. And if you don't understand that, then you're going to pray and you're immediately, like if you're praying for healing, you're immediately going to feel. And if you still have pain, if you still have a tumor, then people just immediately think, well, God didn't do anything. That is wrong. That's wrong. And there's many scriptures. I'm not going to take time to turn over there, but it talks about that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And that's not talking about just being in this physical body. It's talking about people that are controlled by what you see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. If you're a person that you pray and if you can't see it, then you immediately doubt that God has done it. You cannot please God. That's not faith. Faith is believing God's word, even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, even when your bank account doesn't reflect it. You just have to believe that what God said is true. And people struggle, well, how can I do that? To me, the greatest uh, key to understanding that is to understand that there's a spiritual world. There's things that you can't see. There's things that you can't hear, that you can't feel. Did you know right now I'm using a wireless microphone? This is sending a signal back there, and then they take it and they rebroadcast it. There's radio signals. There's television signals in this room. And just because you can't see or hear them doesn't mean that they aren't here. When you take a television set and turn it on and tune it in, did you know that that's not when they start broadcasting? They're broadcasting all of the time. There's all kinds of signals. If you've got a cell phone, did you know it's putting out signals constantly? There are thousands and thousands of signals in this room right now that people can't see or hear, but they're here. And if you don't believe that, just because you can't see or hear it, that doesn't mean that they aren't here. It just means that you aren't the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> There's all kinds of things going on that you can't see or hear. And man, the scripture is just full of all of these things that show us that there's a spiritual realm. God is a spirit. John 4, 24, he moves in the spirit realm. And things don't come from the outside in. They come from the inside out. If you are born again, God in all of his power, resurrection power lives on the inside of you. It's not out there. This whole concept of, oh God, stretch forth your hand and touch this person. Oh God, come down and be among us today. It's all wrong. God is on the inside of you. Amen. And it's a matter of releasing, but it has to come past your mind through your understanding. And if your mind is thinking that until something physical happens, God hasn't done anything, that will stop the power of God from flowing through you. It's like over here in the spirit realm is where God is. 
you have this physical body and physical needs and things, but it has to flow through your soul. It's like your soul is a pipe or a bridge that things have to come from the spiritual through that. And if you are sitting there thinking that nothing is happening that you can't see, taste, hear, smell, or feel, that unbelief will stop the power of God from being manifest. So God moved, and we don't know why it took three minutes, but there's things that have to happen. And then in the 10th chapter, I like to use Daniel as an example. You can find other places in Scripture that this same point is made, but I like Daniel because if anything, Daniel should have been stronger in the 10th chapter than he was in the 9th chapter because he saw this miraculous manifestation of God's power. And yet in the 10th chapter, he got worse results instead of better results. Here in the 10th chapter, in verse 2, it says, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And then if you go on down to verse uh, 10, it says, And behold, he had... Uh, the power of God manifested, he fell on his face, and it says in verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. So in the ninth chapter, he prays a prayer, and in three minutes... He gets a manifestation. This time, it's three weeks. And this begs the question, why does God answer some prayers in three minutes and other prayers in three weeks? You'll hear somebody stand up and testify about they prayed and boy, just miraculous. They were healed. Other people will stand and, and it took a while. Why does God do that? Did you know the answer is he doesn't do that. Look at the next verse here. In Daniel chapter 10, and in verse 11, he says, O Daniel, said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. And he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you did set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. From the first day, and since the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I believe it was from the first word of the first day that he prayed, God gave the answer. God wasn't the variable. It's amazing to me how people don't understand this when the Bible makes it very clear. If you ask, you receive. Well, they said, no, I asked and I didn't receive, and here's proof. All that proves is you didn't see it come into physical manifestation, but that doesn't mean that God didn't answer your prayer. He has to flow through somebody. It's amazing to me how people don't get this. You know, Lawson and I were talking about he's been dealing with the roof here and dealing with things. That's not God that's not answering his prayer, but God flows through people. And Satan can hinder you through people. The scripture says in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. If you don't have faith working in you, if you're one of those that pray and if you don't see it immediately, you lose your enthusiasm. You lose your confidence because after all, 
Nothing's happened. God hadn't moved. You can stop the power of God. Other people can stop the power of God. Now, they can't do that totally because you have ultimate control over yourself. But if other people hinder what God is doing and delay it and you get discouraged and quit along the way, you stop it. And then there is also just a demonic attack. And it's amazing how people don't realize this. And so they pray and if they don't see what they're believing, they believe what they see with their eyes more than what the Word of God says. And that, I'm saying this in love, Lawson will get up and straight, well, probably not. Lawson's about as blunt as I am. (laughs) But maybe Barbara will get up and explain this in nicer terms. But man, how dumb can you get and still breathe? You accept radio signals, satellite signals, television signals, and you believe that there's things happening that you can't see, but then when it comes to the spiritual realm, unless you can see something, you just immediately doubt God. That's what the Bible calls doubt. That's what it calls unbelief. And let me say this. I'm saying this in love, but if anybody in here ever feels like God failed them, you prayed for something, things didn't work, I'm telling you, you do not understand what I'm talking about right here. God has never failed anybody. All of the promises of God are in Him, yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20. God has never failed. Anybody who feels like God has failed them, I've had people come up and say, but I'm angry at God. (laughs) Man, I can't even relate to that. Who in the world are you to be angry at God? You think that you're more faithful, you're more holy than God? You think that God isn't as good as you are. I'm saying this in love. I know that there's people here that feel angry at God. You prayed for somebody and they died. Something didn't happen. I'm not mad at you, but I'm saying that that is just terrible to think that your wisdom is better than God's. You need to humble yourself. You need to say that, God, I don't understand everything, but I know you aren't the problem. If somebody failed, it's not you. It's me or it's other people or maybe it's just the devil. I don't know what it is, but God, you aren't my problem. And I know some of you think, well, you hadn't been through what I've been through. I've probably been through more than what you've been through. I had a girl that I was engaged to. I was going to marry her and she died of leukemia. I was with her when she died. She, she hemorrhaged and choked on her own blood. We watched her strangle and die, and we stood around for two hours praying for her to be raised from the dead, and she wasn't. And I guarantee everybody involved in that, they looked at what happened, and they said, well, it must not be God's will. And I said, that's not true. I didn't understand what happened, but I said, I can guarantee you God did not kill this girl. That is not God. God didn't fail. If anybody failed, it was us. And it took me three and a half years before I learned enough of the word to realize that it's a miracle she lived as long as she did. We did everything wrong that you could do. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. It wasn't God that failed. It was us that failed. And yet I just chose to say, God, I know that you are not the one that kills people like that. So I'm not saying these things being insensitive, but I am saying that God is never the person that fails. God gives. But, you know, in this instance, some people say, why did God answer one prayer in three minutes, the other prayer in three weeks? He didn't. Look at the next verse down here. 
He said in verse uh, 13, or excuse me, verse 12, Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set yourself, God answered immediately. But what was the problem? In verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. In this instance, Daniel wasn't the problem. Now that is a possibility that we just waver and we get to where we're dominated by what we see and we get into unbelief. And if you do that, it says in James chapter 1, that when you ask for something, you have to ask in faith, nothing wavering, because he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So if you are wavering in your faith, if you are more controlled by what you see and what you feel than you are by what God's word says, that'll stop the power of God. But in this instance, Daniel wasn't the problem. Daniel was just as strong in the 10th chapter as he was in the 9th chapter. In this instance, it was just the demonic attack. And some people don't understand. We've got an enemy. We live in a fallen world. You know, we've got a man that just two weeks ago died up at our, uh, off at our place in Woodland Park. And he was just standing there talking to people and just fell over dead. And praise God, our security people were there and they got to doing CPR on him. They broke his sternum and two ribs pumping him, but he had a clog in his arteries and they blew the artery, they blew the clog out and he was dead for 17 minutes and came back. And anyway, I was talking to him just a couple of days ago. He's back at work. It's awesome. But I was talking to him and I said, so what did you experience? And, in, and it's real hazy. He didn't see a whole bunch, but he said it was just pure peace. And one of the things that impressed him the most, he says there was no evil. It was just perfect good. And I've been meditating on that. You know, we live in a fallen world. And even in our best state, you know, you, it's hard to just rejoice completely with abandon because even if everything's awesome right now, wait a week. <laughs> Something's going to go wrong. We just live in a fallen world. Bad things happen, and we have grown accustomed to that. But he said that on the other side, there is no evil whatsoever. It's just pure good. And so the reason I bring that up is to say that you may not be aware of it, but Satan is just all around. He's working through people. All of this wokeness that we see in our culture, it is demonic. It's the devil. People are thinking, well, there's mental illness. That's just another way of saying that they're demon-possessed, that these people are being controlled by the devil. There is evil all around us, and, and it can affect the way you receive things. You know, we've been fighting a battle up in Woodland Park trying to build these first six dorms that we're building, and we finally won, but it took 15 months. They promised 90 days, and it took 15 months, and we had to take them to court, we sued the governor twice. We've had to do a number of things. And uh, you know what? That's not God. Why didn't God answer our prayers? He did. But he's not going to sit there and just steamroll people and run over them. He works through people. What Lawson was talking about with the roof and the things that you're dealing with, there's people involved, but he's been standing strong. And praise God, I believe we're winning that battle. 
But you need to recognize Satan can hinder you through other people. This is why Jesus kicked out all of the people who were mocking him when he went in to raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. This is why Peter kicked all the people out. Elijah, Elisha, they sought seclusion because in the sixth chapter of the book of Mark, Jesus in his hometown, it says he could do, Mark 6, 5, he could do no mighty work save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. It wasn't Jesus that was in lacking in any way, but the unbelief of other people can affect you. And I tell you, we live in a fallen world. We live in a culture of unbelief. If you listen to the news, if you are on your phone, if you read the headlines, I guarantee you, you are having the sewage of this world just pumped through you on a daily basis. And you are hearing all kinds of ungodliness and bad stuff. Did you know there's a lot of good stuff happening? But they aren't going to tell you about the good stuff. They're going to tell you about all of the weirdos, about all of the perverts, and about all of the things that are going on. And it affects you. We are just around evil. And did you know that that can hinder you from seeing things manifest? And somebody says, oh, no, I can handle that. That's not a problem. Well, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. If you think that you can live in a fallen world and it doesn't affect you, you're deceived. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be overcome by it, but you have to be aware that we are fighting against these things and it takes effort for you to counter all of the unbelief that's around the world. So in this instance, it wasn't Daniel that was the difference. It was the fact that there was a demonic power, the prince of Persia, that was fighting against his prayer. But here's the point. Jesus answered both prayers instantly. It wasn't God who was the variable. In this instance, it was the devil. You know, I had a man, Bob Flasher. He just came to see me on um, Thursday of this week. I hadn't seen him in 20 years, but he used to live in Woodland Park. He heard me preach this message like 40-something years ago. And he had a house that he had bought. He had refurbished it. He had already moved on, bought a second house, and was trying to sell that first house, and he was going to sell it by owner so that he could get the maximum uh, money out of it. And that house sat on the market for two years, and he had been praying for two years for that house to sell. He heard me talking about this, and he said that he immediately realized that he because he couldn't see the house sold, because nothing physical was happening, he just doubted that God had answered his prayer. And when he heard me preach on this, he said, I realized I had been in doubt and I had been in unbelief. And so the first thing he did was repent and say, God, forgive me for doubting that you are touching anybody because I haven't seen our house sold. And so he repented. And then he started praying, knowing that God was going to use people. God wasn't going to buy his house. Amen. Some person was going to have to buy his house. And they were in a situation where, you know, it was different things and people were operating in fear. And so he realized that Satan was hindering him through other people. And so he started praying in tongues because he didn't know what the situation was. And for two or three days, he prayed in tongues and a man came by and said, I've got the cash and I want to buy your house in two or three days. And when they finally went to closing, they were sitting at closing, and this man said, did you know that the very first day you put that for sale sign in your yard, I told my wife, that's our house. I'm going to buy that house. 
And he said, for two years, I've been trying to get my finances together, but I had to sell my house and I just couldn't sell it. And he says, strangest thing, two days ago, a man came to me with cash and we went and closed on my house. And he said, now here I am with the cash. Did you know God had answered his prayer the very first day that he prayed, but people were involved in it and they didn't know that. Did you know in my ministry, in this church, God uses people. It says in Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. God's not going to give you money. It says Deuteronomy 8, 18, God gives you power to get wealth. He doesn't give you wealth. He gives you power to get wealth. He gives you an anointing and favor, but God doesn't have money. He's not going to counterfeit United States currency. If you're praying for money, you got to have God somehow or another flow through people and people can hinder. They can't stop it if you continue to stand strong, but they can hinder it. In my ministry, when Jimmy Swaggart and Jimmy, Jim Baker went weird and Jim Baker went to... Uh, prison? Did you know it affected my income? 60% it dropped because people put me in the same category. I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't unfaithful and yet I suffered because of what other people did. It affected their confidence about media ministers. So you can be the problem. You're just being controlled by what you see and if you don't see something you get into unbelief. Other people around you can be a problem because many times, most of the time, they're involved somehow or another in you receiving, or it could just be a demonic attack. That's amazing to me if people don't consider that. They just think, I prayed and I didn't see anything, and so God, you failed. I'm angry at you. You ought to be glad I'm not God. <laughs> Man, I just turned you into a pile of ashes, you arrogant thing. That's like a grasshopper sitting on a railroad time saying, I don't believe that there's any, I don't believe in railroads. I don't believe in trains. I don't believe, if there is a train, come out here and just squash me like a bug. Do you think that they're going to send a train out there for a little grasshopper? That's dumb. God, if there's a God, just strike me dead. God's not going to waste all that effort on you. <laughs> Man, people, the things they do are weird. <laughs> so you see, God's never the variable. If you aren't seeing the answer to your prayer, God promised, you ask, you receive. God gave. It's not God that didn't give. It's you that didn't know how to receive. And it may be just because you didn't know. And there may not be any criticism or any condemnation towards you, but the scripture says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What you don't know is killing you. Did you know that this cell phone technology, that has been around since God created the earth. God didn't all of a sudden create radio waves and all this kind of stuff. It's been here. People just didn't know how to do it. Leonardo da Vinci is one of the smartest guys that ever lived. And yet that guy, he didn't know as much about electricity as I do. And that's not to say that he wasn't smart. It just, there's things he didn't know. And we now know those things. 
This isn't to criticize anybody that hasn't seen something happen, but I'm telling you, if you have prayed and have not seen it manifest, it is not God that failed you. Either it's you that failed to believe what God's Word said more than what you saw, or it's just the unbelief of other people and other people were involved somehow or another in your answer to prayer, or it could be just a demonic opposition. There's a lot of things that happen to me that I believe it's just demonic. I believe that Satan is out to try and stop me. He's coming and seeking whom he may devour, and he just fights me, and there's things that happen. We have, I just had an article written in the Denver Post about what a terrible person I am. I've had thousands of blogs written about what a terrible person <laughs> I am and stuff, and I don't take that stuff personally. It's just the devil. He's trying to get me sidetracked and up in the stands arguing with the spectators, and I'm not going to do it. Amen. Man, you need to just know that this is the absolute truth, and when God says, if you ask, you receive. If you seek, you find. If you knock, it was opened unto you. God did his part. God has never failed a single person in here. He will never fail anybody. And how dare you sit there and impugn his character just because you can't figure it out with your little peanut-sized brain. <laughs> I guarantee you, God has never failed anybody. God is faithful 100%. And so what we've got to do, if you've prayed and haven't seen something manifest, you start searching your heart. Father, is there unbelief in me? Is there something that I need to change? Something that I don't understand? And you can't become critical of yourself. You just... Open it up and ask God, and that's the first place you ought to look. Or maybe it's the surroundings. I talked to a woman this week who's fighting for her life, fighting cancer. And one of the things I was talking about, she goes to a church that doesn't preach healing. They preach that God can heal, but it's totally up to Him, and they speak a lot of unbelief. And I told her, I said, you need to come over to Karis Christian Center this week. I'm going to be there. And so I don't know if she made it in the first or the second service, but anyway... I told her, you need to go someplace around you because there's people that are going to these churches that are preaching unbelief and thinking, well, that doesn't affect me. Again, it does. Man, you need to surround yourself with faith people. You need to be in a place that's preaching the Word of God. Man, I was in a church one time that person died. They called 911 and they carried out half the congregation before they found the dead person. <laughs> There are some dead churches in this town, amen, and we need to, you need to get yourself surrounded by people that are operating in faith. Praise God. <laughs> and so how is it that you get to where you understand? You go to the Word of God. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You need to spend time in the Word of God because the Word of God will change your impression. The Word of God will tell you spiritual things. It'll tell you what's going on in the unseen realm. And so you need to be studying the Word. You need to be praying in tongues because the Bible says that when you pray in tongues, it's your spirit that prays, 1 Corinthians 14, 13. And it says in Jude chapter 1, verse 20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God. Don't ask God to pour out His love. You Pray in tongues and keep yourself in the love of God. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Man, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, you need it. 
You need to be praying in tongues. We are in a fallen world. We are in a battle. And I guarantee you, when you pray and don't see something come to pass, it's not because God hadn't given. It's because we are so dull, because we are living in such an unbelief surroundings, or because Satan is just coming against us. And all of those things can change. You can change yourself. You can change other people to the degree that you stand and refuse to give in to them, and then you can totally take authority over the devil. I hadn't got time to teach on all this, but man, my teaching on the authority of the believer would add to this and show you that you are supposed to speak to your mountain, speak to your problem. Don't talk to, your, to God about your problem. Talk to your problem about God. You take your authority. And there's things that we can do to shorten a period of time in between when you say amen, and there it is. But one of the simplest things is just to not waver on this thing that God, you are not the one that failed me. I failed you. Or either it's just the unbelief of people around me that's affecting things or maybe it's just a demonic attack. But you are faithful, faithful, faithful and you express your faithfulness to God. And I guarantee if you do that and don't quit, you win. In due season, you reap if you faint not is what the scripture says. Sad fact is most of us faint because we don't understand that God is a spirit. He moves in the spiritual realm and whether it manifests in the physical is not up to God, it's up to us. Thank you for listening to the Caris Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.charischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.